0: Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. How y'all doing?
3: Good.
4: What's
0: going on?
3: How are you today?
4: Well, I'm not a grown-ass superhero, but, you know, <laughs> I'm making it through.
3: You're, you're I'm muddling, muddling through. You. Yeah. Hey, you're somebody's Superhero.
4: Kanye West calls himself a grown-ass superhero while behaving badly, we'll have that story coming up. Uh, Will Taylor Swift perform at the Super Bowl? I mean, this is the most obvious. Duh. I mean, she's going to be there. Might as well.
5: She'll perform at the victory parade thing that they do in Kansas City. She'll be on the float
3: singing like in the Macy's thanksgiving yes. day
1: parade
5: I don't we're know. all
3: predicting the chiefs are going to win just because of this alone and state farm sponsorship yes
4: well and not everyone is sure she's going to make it at the super bowl because she's coming back from tokyo
3: Yep, I saw they that. They're
4: not hundred percent sure the timing is gonna work out there. Oh,
3: it's
4: gonna work for her. Uh did Britney Spears <laughs> just apologized to Justin Timberlake. This came down late yesterday morning. We'll get more into that here shortly. Just it's a whole potpourri. It's a it's a pot of pop culture. This
0: is the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102.
4: January 30th. Welcome back. Today is a very special
5: day. And I think I smell croissants. It is National Croissant Day. Huh. Croissant. 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 Would you like a croissant? We are celebrating
6: National Croissant Day this morning. Croissant. Oh, Croissants. It's croissant.
0: Croissants. I love croissants. <laughs> oh yeah. It's
3: showtime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because off air I go, you know who's got a really good croissant sandwich? Burger King,
1: <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> they do. The what you want to get? <laughs> you to The croissant, which is so fat, get the one that has both the bacon and the sausage on it. That's serious. Wow. Very good. Oh, yeah, yay, and then you get t- some tater tots <laughs> with a little, with little, little tater. They got the little round, flat ones that are really crunchy. The potato rounds. Oh, oh,
3: classic, the Burger King. King. Yes, right. let's
4: go to sure.
3: Burger King.
4: Have it your you, away? <laughs> Six twenty-three. <laughs> Britney Spears apologizing to Justin Timberlake. Taylor Swift performing at the Super Bowl. It's both those stories here in a bit. But first, let's begin this hour's E! News with Kanye West.
1: Yeah, this yeah. We haven't really heard much from Kanye lately, but he's back. He lost it on a TMZ reporter yesterday and snatched her phone. It all started with a report claiming Kanye had banned his wife, Bianca, from social media supposedly for her own protection.
7: Hey, Kanye, people want to know if Bianca has her
3: free will. Some people are saying you're controlling her. Would you think that you a white woman, you could walk up on me like
6: that and ask you some dumb <laughs> like that? Ask me on my wife Tell me that she got free will? Are you crazy? You ain't saying This is America. You got free will? You working for TMZ Company. I'm a legend. You understand that? I'm here to support Charlie Wilson. You come and ask me some dumb about my wife. That's my wife. You understand what I'm saying? No, tell me, was it wrong for you to ask me, was that wrong or right? I'm
2: sorry, Cause I just need my phone.
6: No, no, answer the question. I'm supposed to answer your questions? Answer my question. I got your phone now. They gonna arrest you for taking your phone? Arrest you for taking your phone now. I don't. You answer the question. You asked me, did my wife have free will? Was that a dumb disrespectful question to come ask a grown superhero? What is your first and last name and address, Mitch? What, what are we doing? I just need my phone. I'll pay you double what they pay you. Woo! Uh, now you smile. Woo!
4: Get a contact. Yes, I will. I will. Thank you, Kanye. Wow. So, uh, thank yeah. you, thank you, Kanye.
1: So Kanye was walking down Hollywood Boulevard. He was on his way to Walk of Fame ceremony for singer Charlie Wilson is where he was headed when the reporter Asked him the question. This lasted for, that was just a clip. This lasted over three minutes. He called himself a legend and a grown-ass superhero in the process. And, I mean, then he offered to pay her twice what she makes from TMZ. I for they what? Do I don't know. Yeah, that's not clear. Probably to stop talking to him. But, um, yeah, he finally gave her her phone back and went on his way. And he was wearing one of those black face covers the entire time. Yeah. That he was yelling at her. So. They
3: have such an odd relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, usually weekly on TMZ or some sort of, like, um, I guess, like, paparazzi platform, they have pictures of his wife just walking pretty much naked. She'll wear just a sheer skin, she doesn't wear much. skin-colored skin bodysuit. Like, yeah. the same skin-toned, I guess, skin-toned bodysuit. And you can see, like, her her boobs, her her
1: glory downstairs. Whenever they're photographed together, they are always wearing an interesting yes. combo. Or he'll
3: have her cover her face. He'll black out her eyes. I mean, it's a very interesting dynamic between he and Bianca.
1: Mm. I I bet he didn't I wonder if he is making all of those fashion choices for her. And I, I wonder if I he... think
3: so because he used to um he used to talk to Kim about what she wears. Because it was a part of the show back in the day when they were together that she will tell you about Kanye went through her closet and was like, you're getting rid of all of this. And she did. Like, she would listen to him. She would wear whatever it was that he thought she should wear because she felt like he was a really big fashion mogul. Which like he the,
1: knew what he was doing. Correct. It wasn't that it was a control no, issue no. that she was going to wear what her no, man no, wanted correct. her to do. It was more, okay, this guy's got a better eye for fashion than I do. I should listen to him. He's her
8: better. stylist. Yeah, yes. There you go. He was
3: actually, I think, for a small time. But that's like he would do stuff That's like different. That. That's different because yeah.
1: for me sitting there, if some man is telling me what to wear, I don't think so.
4: Well, she may want someone telling her what to yeah. wear. I don't yep. know. Yep. All right, well, coming up, uh, ever since the Chiefs punched their ticket to the Super Bowl on Sunday, there's been talk that Taylor Swift might join Usher during the halftime show. Uh, We're going to give you the latest on that. As your e-news. This is the Jeff and Jen
0: Morning Show on Q102.
3: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the
7: person behind all of this is
4: Chris Jenner,
7: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
4: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Since the Chiefs secured their spot at the Super Bowl on Sunday, there's been talk that Taylor Swift... Uh, Might surprise everyone and join Usher during the Super Bowl halftime show. Makes sense, right? She's there anyway. Why not? Probably will be, right? Uh, Well, according to TMZ, and this isn't all that surprising, Taylor will not be performing in any capacity. She'll just be there as a fan to cheer on Travis and the Chiefs. Because I guarantee you, Usher is not going to be watching the game,
1: (laughs) at least not from the stands. He's going to be backstage preparing for his performance. Right. So she would miss the game, and that's...
3: Oh, yeah. yeah Plus, we one. she's got to be hidden if she's a private performer because, you know, they always keep those secret. They right. can't be, you know, panning to her up in the suite if she's going to do a sparkles, performance. Right. Yeah.
4: Now, there's also a rumor going around that Taylor won't even make it to Vegas because she's doing the last of four straight shows in Tokyo the night before the game. What's well, the
1: time difference? Is the travel time? Can she make it? Uh, to Vegas?
3: She can. According to ESPN. On a private? She can. Her show will end at
4: 11
5: p.m., which is 6 a.m. Vegas time. Tokyo is 17 hours
4: hours ahead of Las Vegas.
3: Well, and if anybody can make this happen, it's definitely going to be Taylor Swift because, you know, she can just tell them to up the up the um, fly faster yeah <laughs> up the gas intake on the old private jet
4: yeah it only takes 11 or 12 hours to fly from Tokyo to Las Vegas anyway especially if you fly private they could probably do it quicker than that so there's really no issue with Taylor getting there uh, just she'll just be, be exhausted. exhausted. Yeah. Exactly.
3: But I was sleep thinking. sleep on the plane. That's exactly what fine. I was going to
1: say. She could
3: She's take a young. couple, like, can um, you sleep on she a
1: can do it <laughs> on a private plane. I bet I could. Yeah. She probably has her, a bed on there. her private plane. Probably. She's she probably could, got a full yeah. blown bedroom.
3: She could take some of those uh, NyQuil pills or just a little <laughs> shot of the old NyQuil <laughs> oh. and sleep and then wake up and be on Vegas time.
4: Uh, we did tell you that both United and American Airlines created flights to Vegas with numbers referencing Taylor and Travis.
1: Yeah, so
4: there was that. No big surprise. Nineteen eighty nine yeah. was the flight number, and uh, was third. Was what was the what's Travis's number? Refresh my Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, but David Letterman is kind of weighing in all this on his Instagram. <laughs> When there's backlash about Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, leave it to David Letterman to break it down and take Taylor's side. This is from one of his YouTube videos, but they recently edited it, and they reposted it on Instagram. So now, here's Taylor Swift, who is a glowing, bright light of goodness in the world, and she starts dating uh, Kelsey Grammer. And people No, that's not true. What?
2: Kelsey Grammer?
4: Yes. And the the Kelsey Grammer people say, oh, no, no, no. Don't
8: bother us. And the Taylor Swift people, the Swifties, are saying, oh, we don't want a footballer
4: in here with Kelsey Grammer. And I'm saying, "Kelsey, huh? Travis
2: Kelsey. Right,
4: Travis Kelsey. And I say to both camps, this is such a lovely thing. (laughs) Shut up. It's good for the footballers. It's good for Taylor Swift. And it's something positive and happy for the world. Taylor Swift is a huge force and I
8: think just wants to see people do the right thing. So, God bless Taylor Swift and Kelsey Grammer. That's Not all Kelsey I have to <laughs> <laughs> I love Dave. That's so funny. I just uh, love him. Dude, I want
3: somebody. I wish she would just sit down for an interview with him. imagine that couple,
4: Kelsey yes. Grammer and oh, Taylor Swift? Oh, that's so funny. Wouldn't it be fun
3: to see him interview Taylor, though? Like how he does those next guest need no interruption shows on oh, Netflix. I'm sure
4: he's reached out.
3: I would just want her to talk to anyone. Just just please Say something about all of the crap that's out there about you guys. Yeah. anyway hey, When was the last time
1: she did? And Who no, even I'm trying to even remember ever seeing clips of her or a full interview. Um,
3: they showed that Jimmy Fallon one from years ago where she had dental surgery and her mom shared the footage of her coming out oh, of yeah. the dental oh, surgery. Yeah. That makes the rounds all the time, plus the stuff that she did on Ellen. She was on Ellen a whole bunch. But other than that, I'm like, it's, it would just be so fun to watch or do anything.
4: Anderson Cooper would be a
5: good guy. Yes, or one of those Oprah interviews, those specials that she yeah. does for a whole hour. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: I just want somebody to be like, is your life seriously this orchestrated down to your nail color, down to your
4: I feel earring like it is. choice,
3: and 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 do you just jot down thoughts about wearing snake stuff? You know, did this... you
4: not pick up on any of that stuff in the in the existing documentaries that are out?
3: Uh, not really, because this documentary, I mean, a little bit, but I'm talking about to the extent that her fans go through all of her stuff. Mm-hmm. And they say things like, you know, 10 years ago she wore purple, and then on this date, 10 years later, she released Lavender Haze. Like, is it seriously that orchestrated? Did you know that you did that?
4: Wouldn't I it be would funny yes. if all of it, like, what if it wasn't? None of it was yeah. planned. Yeah. And well, she's because, just sitting there so amused at the whole, like, yeah. people just working themselves up.
3: Well, because yesterday I was...
4: random events.
3: I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, which is just filled with her and Travis, which I'm reading all of it, just absorbing because I like it. But someone was like, um, her fingernails are painted orange when she was on the field with Travis Kelsey on Sunday when she went down to the field to celebrate and someone was like, the last time she painted her nails orange was when she released the Reputation album and blah, 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 blah. To me, I'm like, is it that? Is it is it that orchestrated Damn. that you painted your nail color orange on purpose so people would notice?
4: And how do you keep track of it all? Right. Do you have it? Is it all like in a computer system or do you have like a card catalog system? Like an Excel you,
3: spreadsheet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then I I mean, how does she even
4: keep track? Well, yeah, and
3: then there's this other theory that um, a bunch of her friends, a bunch of her best friends, think uh, what's Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, all of these celebrities changed their profile images on a lot of their social media to black and white photos, and so they're speculating that that is another way that she's telling everyone that the reputation Taylor's version is getting ready to come out. Mm. But how does she have control over other people's profile pictures?
4: She just asks some nice. That's what I'm saying. Did she she send out a group text? text?
3: Hey, do you think you could change a profile picture to something black and white? I'm doing a big concert announcement.
4: Hey, whatever Taylor wants. Right. right. You got it. Yeah.
1: All right. So, it looks like maybe Britney Spears just apologized to Justin Timberlake for things that she wrote about him in her memoir.
4: Too late.
1: Uh, She said in an Instagram post, I want to apologize for some of the things I wrote about in my book. If I offended any of the people I genuinely care about, I am deeply sorry. I also wanted to say that I am in love with Justin Timberlake's new song, Selfish. It is so good. And how come every time I see Justin and Jimmy Fallon together, I laugh so hard? P.S. Sanctified is wow, too.
4: Yeah, that's an apology.
1: Sanctified is another track, a new track from Justin. He performed it on Saturday Night Live. He also teamed up with Fallon for a new Barry Gibb talk show skit. Hmm. And one of the biggest reveals, of course, in Britney's book was that she got pregnant when she was dating Justin, but got an abortion because he didn't want to be a dad. So, right, yeah, yeah. I wonder I, if they ever talked. I like, had do that they same ever thought. Ever run into each other anywhere, and ever is there ever any I communication? I almost said the same thing. Like after the memoir came out, did he reach out to her and go, "What are you doing? Why did you do that?"
4: Because you Why know they got to still that? have each other's numbers, don't you think? I would no, think so. Not
1: no. a
3: chance. No way. I don't think they talk at all. I think he's distance. Like if
1: sh-
4: he's moved on,
3: far, 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 far from her in every way, shape, or form. He but I do bet
1: they still have each other's numbers. Because oh, I bet wow. they got the same numbers they had when they very first
4: got their very first cell
1: phone.
3: You think so?
4: Probably. Oh,
3: I don't know. That numbers leaked to hundred times over.
4: Yeah, they probably change them a lot. Um. The documentary about the making of the 1985 charity song, We Are the World, just began streaming on Netflix, and it's called The Greatest Night in Pop. And this was, you know, really one of the, honest to God, biggest deals of the 1980s. I just started watching it together. last
3: night. It's really well done.
4: Is it really well done? It's
3: about an hour and 37 minutes, so I didn't get too far into it. But it, right off the rip, man, it comes with Lionel Richie.
4: Yeah. And we had a conversation recently about like who wasn't in it because it occurred to me that I was thinking of all these celebrities from the 19, these iconic celebrities from the 1980s who were all seemingly all there for it. And then it occurred to me that I don't remember ever seeing Madonna there. Well, that came up. She wasn't invited. Huh. This is Harriet Sternberg from the documentary explaining who her boss, one of the producers of the song, Ken Cragen, wanted instead.
1: I wanted Madonna.
3: Material girl and all of the things she did would bring a really different audience. But Ken wanted Cindy. We had a fight about that.
6: I felt, you know, it was an important thing to do. I do believe that rock and roll can save the world or we should try.
4: Yeah, they didn't think that Madonna had a strong enough voice. Didn't think she was a strong enough vocalist. Wow. And and if you watch the documentary, you'll actually hear how strong Cindy Lauper sings her takes.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but also, yeah, to Fritz's point, Lionel Richie has a great story about getting scared while writing We Are the World over at Michael Jackson's house. We Are the World was probably a line from Michael.
2: We are the world.
6: Out of the corner of my eye. I see some albums falling over, and I hear (sighs) I look over my shoulder. That's the biggest snake. And Michael's going, there he is, Lionel. Oh, my god. He lost the snake in the room. He came out when he heard us singing, Lionel. And he wanted to meet you. He wants to say hello to you. (laughs) I got to get out of here quick. I am screaming like this is the end. I saw this horror movie, and it's not good for the brother. (laughs)
4: That's funny. Oh, my God. So so when they recorded the song We Are the World, all of the artists that they invited got a demo of the song in advance. So they could just kind of hear the tune Uh and, like, you know, kind of what they were walking into. And a lot of them didn't think it was a very good song. It was recorded right after the American Music Awards, which was convenient because you had everybody, Everybody like, everybody was (laughs) in town. Uh, Lionel Richie was the host and cindy lopper was winning awards on stage that night and she actually wanted a bail on the recording session backstage cindy lopper came over to me and said
6: my boyfriend heard the song i'm not gonna be able to come because he doesn't think it's a hit well nobody knew it certainly was a group of great people but i was so punch drunk tired
2: well it's some year huh
6: And after the show, it was like, all right, you have to just go there. And I said, Cindy, it's pretty important for you to make the right decision.
4: Don't miss the session
1: tonight.
4: Wow. Yeah. Billy Joel claims they all hated it, but no one wanted to say so.
1: (laughs) How do you say so? What is Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson
4: that yeah, wrote it? Like, yeah, oh, it's for a good cause. I'm getting pressure. I mean, my it's
1: God, though. It's pretty cool, though. The power in that room. There was
4: only one artist who decided he no longer wanted to be there and walked out. This is Lionel Richie and one of the videographers explaining what happened when Stevie Wonder took the session on a sudden foreign language turn. Stevie said,
6: I think we need to have some Swahili somewhere in this song. I think we should sing Tutu no, no Willy Moingo. I was back in the corner of the room, just happened to be Pretty close to Waylon Jennings, and, well, ain't no good old boy ever sung Swahili. I think I'm out of here. Just a good old boy. Waylon walks out of the door. I'm not dealing with it. I don't know what that means, but I am not going to say it and we lost Waylon right there.
4: <laughs> yeah, so they lose Waylon, and then they had to explain to Stevie Wonder that Ethiopians don't speak Swahili. <laughs> before they could move on with the song. Oh, that's
1: funny.
4: Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, One artist almost had a nervous breakdown while recording We Are the World. It was Bob Dylan. Uh, When it came time for his solo vocal, he had no idea how to sing it. And so he finally asked if Stevie Wonder would sit at the piano and help him. So Stevie actually sang it. And if you think back of the song, there are parts where Stevie does kind of sound like he's imitating Bob Dylan in a way. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but this ends I'll play you the clip and then we'll end it with the real Bob Dylan vocal isolated but this was yeah, this was crazy Stevie,
0: can you play it one time?
8: The secret agent to help him get comfortable was Stevie Wonder. Stevie sang it ventriloquially in Dylan's voice. Dylan was probably more uncomfortable than any other person that was here.
5: There's a choice with me kid.
8: That's Stevie.
4: We're saving our own
5: lives.
4: it's true we make a better day. Just you and me. Sorry, I misspoke. That was Bob Dylan, but oh, yeah. when I heard it, it sounded like Stevie Wonder mimicking Bob, Bob Dylan. Dillon.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> wow. Because there were parts of it where it was hard to tell the two apart. Anyway, one final clip, and I'll move on quincy jones had already produced some of michael jackson's biggest albums when he produced we are the world and the new documentary is part of an interview where quincy says michael didn't want to sing on it First, michael didn't want to sing or be on the video he thought it was overexposure first i talked michael into being on the date you know that would have been one of the biggest mistakes in his career if he hadn't showed up
2: we are the world
4: but uh, he was there man
2: we are the children. There. We are the ones who make a brighter day, so let's start giving. How does it sound? Sounds
4: oh, great, man. Sounded pretty good. I think I think we got our we got ourselves a print. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a take. Uh you wanna know a huge artist that decided not to take part? Prince. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. He had just beaten Michael that night with some of the American Music Awards, so he was a no show.
1: Was he supposed to be there and just didn't show or he didn't want to be there. I
4: guess it was understood Wasn't that he invited. was gonna be there and he just he didn't come. Oh. Wow. So
1: interesting. Yeah. We'll have to watch that. Right. All right. Well, the only other piece I've got here is Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes signed a one hundred million dollar deal to take their smartless podcast to serious. Oh.
4: Well, it still be on it'll still be on demand, right? We could listen to it. I don't know, probably
1: not. I don't think so. Probably I think not. Oh. Serious? I'll have exclusive
3: rights. That is just crap.
4: That's too bad.
3: I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that really upsets me. Well, you probably oh. already
4: have it in your car anyway, don't you?
3: No, I'm not paying for that. Oh,
4: I have. I don't listen to it, but I got well, it. Well,
3: maybe I could log yeah. in on your account. Sure. <laughs> that is serious, man. Oh, yeah. Well, good for them. <sighs> <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> I'm annoyed. That's my favorite podcast, besides the Jeff and Jen podcast, of course. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. We all got to have our fix. <laughs> this is true, yeah.
3: dude, man.
4: Yeah, what a 100 million bummer. bucks ain't bad. It's you like know?
3: the WWE selling out to Netflix.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's your latest E-News. We'll have more for you coming up after 7 o'clock. In the meantime, straight ahead, we got three headlines for you. Two of those headlines are fake. One headline is real. If he gets the real headline, we're going to set you up with a four-pack of tickets to the Bridal Rama Winter Showcase this Saturday and Sunday at the Sharonville Convention Center. We will tell you exactly when to call. This is the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Jeff and Jen's Faker for Real. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you guys today? Excellent. Doing awesome. Got your headlines here. And if you can pick the real one, you're going to go to the big old bridal showcase this weekend at Sheeranville Pitch Center, okay? Perfect. All right. So which one is it? Is it A? A pantsless man walks into 7-Eleven and pees in a Slurpee cup. Is it B, a very hairy guy wearing only tidy whities roller skates into BP station and steals washer fluid? Or C, a naked woman walks into a convenience store armed with a potato peeler? Um, let's go with B. You said C, right? Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's what I thought. The B's and C sometimes can sound alike to me, but I said whatever you said it. to win.
4: Yeah, it's C. It's that potato peeler lady. Yeah, this almost sounds like the setup to a joke, but it is real. A naked woman walked into a convenience store armed with a potato peeler on Sunday.
1: That could do damage. Yep, it can. Those things are sharp. Mm -hmm.
4: And yes, it happened in Florida. (laughs) And yes, she was drunk. Of course. 35-year-old Celia Barrett walked into a store in St. Petersburg Sunday evening and started yelling about getting kicked out of the same store a day earlier. She threatened two workers with the peeler and said she was going to kill one of them.
1: Can't do that.
4: With a peeler.
1: Can't do that.
4: Can you do that? I guess you, you could. I if mean,
1: you. yeah, but it's not.
4: She yeah. also toppled a display of Red Bulls and tore open a <laughs> carton of cigarettes just dump them on the floor.
3: Definitely Marlboro Reds. She sounds like a real heavy smoker.
4: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. What happened next? Uh, An employee called the cops. She was still fully naked when they arrived.
3: Oh, my gosh.
4: (laughs) She told them she had about six shots of liquor. So she's now facing charges for aggravated assault, disorderly intoxication. (sighs) trespassing, criminal mischief, and indecent exposure.
1: Not good. I mean, are there days, you know, when you hear stories like this, you kind of laugh about it, and it's just so easy to imagine it happening in Florida. Does it make you miss living in Florida and having (laughs) your news every day like this is just story after story after story on the 6 o'clock news? You
4: know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine Saturday night And I made it, I drew a distinction between my, you know, crime can happen anywhere. Yeah. But my sense of safety here Uh uh, was much, is much higher, was much higher from the minute I set foot here than it was (laughs) when I lived down there. And Uh part of that challenge for me was in Florida, crime felt way more random. Yeah, Like, it ju- It didn't matter where you were. There was no such thing as a as a bad neighborhood versus a good neighborhood. It was everywhere is nuts down just, here. It's so <laughs> unpredictable. Yes. Whereas here, like, when I came to Cincinnati, I, you know, I could tell when I was entering an area that needed some work. Yeah. And I knew how to back myself out of there. Yeah. And kind of stick with areas that were maybe a little more well-lit. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mm you weren't as run down. Yeah. Maybe not as many people loitering. Yeah. Whereas in Florida, it just felt like everybody was crazy (laughs) and on edge.
1: Yet, where did you live when you were here? Weren't you living in places where the gunfire was waking you up in the middle of the night? Or you learned to sleep through it? It was so frequent.
4: Yeah, I I, I did have it. You know, I go for transitional neighborhoods. There's no question. You know, because I see the potential. I see the investment Uh and... I don't know. I guess you just stick with what you know. So it was an it was kind of a new thing for me to move in with Kristen and Kenwood.
1: Yeah. It's kind of boring there. Because.
4: Comparatively. <laughs> I mean, I just.
1: You don't
3: hear All sirens. of a sudden,
4: I was like, wow.
3: Yeah, but you came from New York. I mean, New York is, there's never a moment when you're walking anywhere that you don't hear sirens. It's, I mean, 24-7, just either an ambulance, a police car, fire. They're always like that.
4: Yeah, I guess. But even in New York.
3: Did you just tune you just, it out?
4: You knew where to hang out, where not to. And most of the, yeah, you tune it out because most of them are ambulances going on medical calls that turn out to be nothing. So it's mm-hmm. just part of the soundtrack.
3: Did yeah. you guys ever like... witness any crazy crime living there?
4: No.
1: Well, I other mean, it, than it had it had a, a lot of so fights. Often, but... Yeah, a lot of fights. I mean, there was a guy that was exposing himself on the beach. Hmm. Well, You guys were living at nightclubs for a little chunk there, right?
5: Quite a no, chunk. We
4: had some police shootings and stuff like that. A lot of road rage.
1: But, like, actually witnessing it yourself.
4: No. Yeah. Try to stay out of it.
1: You just went in and out quickly
3: to wherever you needed to go? Yeah, pretty much.
4: But, yeah, like, when we moved here, though, you know, we we moved to a part of Walnut Hills that wasn't great at first, but it was in transition, and we just had a lot of faith in that community and what was being done, and and it turned out to be great. We were really happy there, and we – uh then our next move was we bought a house in Mount Auburn mm-hmm. that was you know that particular that particular part of Mount Auburn needed some work it was kind of under development and mm-hmm. and uh and then where do we go next oh OTR yeah mhm and i lived there for 4 years 2011 when the only restaurants in OTR were Lava Matic. Lava Matic and Senate had just opened. Oh, yeah. They were the only two places. I, I remember that was when in you 2011. Lived there and
3: Bakersfield was new. We were like, we have to go to Bakersfield. Oh,
4: Bakersfield hadn't even opened yet. Yeah,
3: but remember when we went together and sat at the big table? That was really fun. Yeah. That was like right when it opened and you still lived there. It was cool.
4: Yeah, that was huge. You
1: were there four years?
4: I think so. I was there from 11... To, no, I was there five years because I'm was there from 2000 November 2011 to March of 2016.
1: Okay.
4: Yeah, so I guess just under 5 years. Mhm. Uh, but I still feel fa- weirdly like I can't explain why I just felt safer here th- than I did.
1: Yeah. Well, people are just kind of crazy down there in general. I mean, it's it's a it uh... People, I love the way that Florida was explained to me once. It's a swamp. And it's absolutely true. Yeah, the people who are miserable where they are move to Florida thinking that's going to make them happy. Right. And it doesn't. So there are just a lot of very unhappy people. Angry, (laughs) impatient. Yeah, like teetering on the edge kind of people living there. And there are a lot of wonderful people there, too. I mean, you know, you meet a lot of incredible... I had a, I had a great circle of friends, and we worked with some wonderful people. So it's not all, but there are a higher percentage of unhappy people there, I think, than elsewhere. Because, yeah. you know, no matter where you go, you take yourself with you. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think a change of scenery and the sunshine is going to fix all of their problems. And it doesn't.
4: No. Nope.
1: And that's why... <laughs> And that's why you've got naked woman walking into convenience store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so just, many snap. stories they just, like that they down just there. They just snap. People just snap. They just snap.
4: Right. Yeah, you, you brought up a really good point. Like, you know, for someone who felt so much, maybe that's why, because I felt so much just generally safer and it felt less random. Like I felt like I knew what I was getting into because my next move after OTR, was i moved to avondale <laughs> mm-hmm.
8: <laughs>
4: you know and that turned out to be fine but yeah there were a lot of nights where gunshots would ring out and the spot shotters would pick it up and mm-hmm. maybe sometimes it did <laughs> but that i worry about sad. now like there is a certain randomness that i'm starting to see emerge now here in cincinnati you know we've seen those videos the past couple of days mm. of these groups of, of young people who are just piling on these yeah you know, poor people who don't see it coming. His videos are slightly disturbing. Unsettling. Yeah. Very,
3: very much. Yeah, yeah.
4: That we got to get a handle on.
1: Yeah.
3: It's Quickly. juveniles too. That's what's so sad. Like just young people. Messed yeah. Up.
4: Yeah. And just because I, I have this perception of safety doesn't mean it really exists.
3: Right. right. It does for you. Like you feel safe. Yeah. Not everyone like feels like that. It could be
4: my own visual biases that are just mm-hmm. fooling me. Yeah
1: but i can see how stories like that will keep people from going downtown for sure yeah no doubt yeah
4: but then you know if if you hear of some horrible tragedy or shooting in westchester liberty township you know nobody says well i'm not going there anymore <laughs> i do <laughs> see? as
0: you this see- is the jeff and jen morning show on q102
5: going on our second date you said you'd call me how long should i wait
4: bum, bum. alex is looking for a second date update with courtney and we're going to try to help him out hi alex hey what's going on guys just trying to make connections
8: yeah thank you for taking my call um it's a little embarrassing but i've been listening to this since high school like these uh, second date updates and probably where i've learned the most about like how to date and
4: how women are and stuff. Well, that's I, good. I never really I thought about that. I
1: don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> well, you <laughs> kind of learn
4: what not to do. Yeah, true. right. Yeah,
8: I mean, you get to hear a lot of different perspectives and a kind of uh, stuff that you don't normally get to hear about—good things and bad things. So, right. yeah. Anyway, here's my situation. I met this girl on Tinder, and we went out for drinks, and it seemed like a great night. She was flirting the whole time and kind of going back and forth. And I kind of in my mind thought maybe we're going to end up going back home together. Didn't happen. Totally fine. Totally cool with that. But then I said, you know, I'd like to see you again. And she just, she said, cool. So good sign. I think, um, we both graduated from UC. We both live downtown, uh, both work in sales and we both like beer. So like, you know, what else do you need? Right.
4: Yeah, what else do you need?
8: Yeah, I mean we clicked, so what happened?
4: You think she's got someone else waiting in the wings, something else going on?
8: I didn't catch that vibe, but I don't know, maybe she just likes to go out and maybe I didn't meet the mark. I don't know. Like yeah. everything seemed all signs seemed good.
1: I mean, are people still making a list of qualities that are must haves in a partner? I mean, no. I know that was a thing for a while, that everybody was trying to be very purposeful and very intentional, that this is the, these are the things that I need. These are These are absolutes. If they don't have these qualities, then they are out for me. And so I'm wondering if your list was, you know, kind of working in similar fields, same educational background, likes beer.
8: I haven't even thought about it. After the last few years, I'm just happy to get out of the house and have a good night with somebody
4: and see what happens. I've heard that from more than one person.
1: Yep, everybody's yeah. just kind of letting their standards just <laughs> out the door. Out the door.
4: Yes, anyone who pays attention to me. <laughs> well, why don't we just call her up, go to the source, All right. and see what she really thought of Alex, because clearly she was flirty for whatever reason. The hookup didn't happen, which, Alex, you're okay with. You just want to know why she's not returning your call, and we'll get that answer hopefully As second date update continues next with Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. This is
0: the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102.
4: So Alex met Courtney on Tinder. They met up for drinks. Instant chemistry, the whole thing, as we see with these second date updates, they start out great. She was definitely flirty with him, although they didn't hook up. But when he said, hey, how about can I see you again? She said, cool. Uh, they have a lot in common. They both went to UC. They both lived downtown. Both like beer. So we got a lot of foundational elements yes. in place. Important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no response when he tried to reach out and get together again with her. So I don't know let's call her up unless there's anything else important that you think we need to know going in alex
8: uh, yeah you got it all there all right
7: hello
4: hi is this courtney
7: yeah, this is she.
4: Hello, it's Jeff, Jen, Fritch, and Tim at Q102. How are you?
7: Oh, my God. Jeff and Jen?
4: How you doing, hi, Courtney? Hi. Good morning.
7: Is... Hi.
4: Your dad didn't once work here, did he? You're not that Courtney, are you?
7: No, I am not that Courtney, but okay. I, Yeah. I already have a feeling I know what this is about.
4: Yes, I will confirm this is a second date update.
7: Oh, gosh. Yeah, and I know who called you. This is wild.
4: Okay, so were you avoiding Alex intentionally, or, or are you just busy?
7: Um. Okay, here's the deal. I just think that we have philosophical differences about life in general. How so? Well... I'm a pretty happy, positive person, right? And I just felt like he was more doom and gloom. Um, He actually told me that he thinks that happiness is a lie. Happiness is a lie? Yeah, that happiness is a lie, that he doesn't believe in it. And he said that people who think they're happy are delusional or that they're just faking it. And I don't know, basically that the world's so jacked up and there's no way people can be happy. And like he just kept going on and on and on about it.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
7: yeah. So
1: you're a ha- I mean, pretty happy person, and you believe your happiness is real and true and legit. And and you think he's kind of just a little dark, maybe.
7: Yeah, I mean, I try to like stay positive. Yes, life can be hard, but I, I don't know. I. I definitely don't agree with his viewpoints, and I just kind of smiled, and I asked him a few questions and nodded my head, but, I mean, man, what a bummer. That's (laughs) just, like, a really way to go about life, in my opinion.
4: Well, I'm okay with this lie. You're okay with what? (laughs) I mean, if happiness is a lie, I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, you can live with that lie. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I mean, you're right. The world is a really messed up place.
1: And there is a lot of toxic positivity out there. I mean, people have to be really... Careful about that and around that, but I don't think everyone is.
4: Of no course, yeah. But I go through life trying to be an oasis from that as mm-hmm. much as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You want to weigh in here, Alex? What do you think of what Courtney had to say? Do you think you're a doom <sighs> and gloom negative yeah. guy? I don't
8: feel like that's exactly what I said. I feel you know, if it, and if you know it's misconstrued, I get it. But like what I actually said, I feel was that I'm suspicious of people who are a little too happy, kind of like what you were saying with the toxic positivity, Um, like, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, it's, if you're walking around all like happy, happy, joy, joy, head in the clouds, like rainbows and unicorns, then you're just not paying attention. Right. That's all really. I get that.
7: I don't know. I mean, that's, not really much better. Like, yes, the world has its troubles, but, like, it's also what you focus on. And if you want to focus on all the bad things that are happening, all the negativity, that's fine. That's you. But I don't want to live that way. Like, I want to try to see the silver lining. I want to try to focus on the good things. So,
8: yeah. yeah, I just want to be realistic and keep my eyes open. You know, good luck, I guess.
5: (laughs) You know, I kind of feel... Both sides of this argument because there are days where I look at people who have their heads in their in the clouds. and Like, I'm,
1: wake up. Can you not see what's right no. in front of you? Come I, on. I mean, that's, no, that's, what, that's, what Tim, right. that's
5: what deep down Tim says. But right. then brain Tim goes, Man.
1: I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> is it kind of like the whole ignorance is bliss yes, kind of exactly. thing? Yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a lot easier to be happy when you don't know things. Yes.
4: <laughs> but I also think there's a mindset in finding happiness in even the worst of situations. Do you remember that Academy Award winning film, Life is Beautiful? It came out in mm-hmm. 1999. Yeah. This is about a man who, you know, ultimately gets sent to his death, but the premise of the story is he's living in German-occupied Italy during World War II, where everything around him is death and destruction, and he makes he makes it a point. It's his mission to spread joy and find happiness anywhere he can, just as a means the survival.
1: Sure, sure. There's a lot of books written by people who have had those kinds of situations. I
4: mean, it's a both and.
1: I mean, you need to be aware, and then you need to choose to live your life the way that you really want to live it. And if that's in a happy, happy, joy, joy state, <laughs> mm-hmm. then do it.
7: Yeah, it just, it feels better for me. Like, I know the world is messed up. You know, I haven't had, like, a perfect life. But it's like, do I want to dwell in that and stay in this dark place? Because I'm going to be here anyways. Like, you only have one life. So which, which way, like, what per- perspective do you want? Do you want to be doom and gloom or... I mean, there's so much beauty in the world. Like, I see it all the time. Like, even just somebody letting me in in traffic or holding open a, a door for someone. I you mean, practice so gratitude. Much
5: yeah, And let's be yes, real. And
7: gratitude. Mm-hmm.
5: Humanity's mm-hmm. been screwed up in its entire existence. There's always been a portion of the population. So, it's always been bad stuff that's happened, yeah. right? Now we just have it on Twitter. A lot of it. Yeah. We
1: just have a lot more of it right now.
8: Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't want to, like, psychoanalyze whatever, but, you know, yeah, you can look for the silver lining. But if there's bad stuff happening and you're ignoring it or you're just pushing it down and not acknowledging it.
1: Then you're complicit in it.
8: In a way, yeah.
7: Okay, Alex, but what are you doing to help those problems besides just having a negative disposition? Because if you're not doing anything to solve those problems, you're just pissed about it and up in arms about it, but you're not doing anything actively to change it, then what is the point? That's what I don't understand. Like, it's not like you're doing anything. Okay, yeah, you have awareness about all these problems, but what are you doing to change it? Besides walking around, being miserable, and being upset at people that choose to look at life differently.
8: Cool. So I'll flip that back on you. You're all happy, happy. What are you doing to make it
4: better? She brightens the days of people like me when I'm annoyed. (laughs) Which is pretty often. All yeah. right, I see both sides. Yep. I see the failure to communicate ah. here,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and that's a sign it's not meant to be. So, yeah. we appreciate you taking the call, Alex. Yeah, I really do get yep. your point. I do. I do. I get both. Yeah. Yep. And Courtney, obviously, we appreciate you putting yourself out there for coming on Second Date
7: Update. Absolutely, and Alex, I I genuinely wish you the best of luck. I hope you do find like that right fit. I mean that.
8: I appreciate it. I guess this time, opposites sit in the track, guys. That's okay. Uh, but I, I, thanks thanks for getting to the bottom of it. And, Courtney, best of luck to you, too.
4: Okay. If we can do a second date update for you, shoot us an email. Jeff and Jen. Two Fs and Jeff. Two Ns and Jen. Jeff and Jen at com. This is the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102. 30th of January of 2024. We're Jeff and Jenna here. It is your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, imagine how crazy it would be if we just abruptly decided to add new letters to the alphabet. That would be crazy. Imagine the 1K letter of the day possibilities that could come from Oh my that. God, right? You just make words up. It's a new word with a new letter. That's not happening. But this is the next best thing. 118 new emojis have been revealed. 118? Yes, and they will be coming to your phone sometime this spring.
1: It's at the point you have to search. Like, you can't just scroll through the emojis. You got to type the word. You got to type in what you're looking for. Yeah.
4: The additions include, let's see, a phoenix, a lime, uh, and a brown mushroom
3: have a lime already that's weird
4: and a broken chain that's another one a broken chain there are also two new smile emojis one that's shaking its head from side to side and another that's shaking its head up and down yeah Uh, there are also a series of gender neutral family emojis they're basically silhouette versions of the existing family emojis that have various combinations of genders. The other 108 are just additional versions of the people walking, running, kneeling, sitting in wheelchairs, and walking with canes. I wonder if they've got some kind of counter that tells you how often any an emoji is used. Yeah. Because there's a lot on there I feel like never I'm get just touched. Just
1: useless, right. Like, I'm, I was surprised... When the, the emojis first came out, there were a lot that I was like, "He said this is a weird choice. I'd be intrigued
5: choice. to see the stats on which emojis are used the most in different parts of the world. You know uh, what I mean? Like, yeah. what's being what's the most popular emoji in Indonesia? What's the top five over there?
3: Cause
1: I bet you could pull that.
4: I'm opening my text right now. I know, now. I'm
1: going to look.
5: Because I bet you a lot and... of this stuff we don't use maybe is used in other parts
3: yeah like different fruits or vegetables mm-hmm. yeah. or animals exactly plus like are they using eggplant the same way we use it you know stuff like that
4: <laughs> okay so I, here are my frequently used emojis but are they rated in any particular way or do they just
3: well i do think that they
4: just what i used recently
3: i think the left column This one, where the heart is for me. Yeah. I think that's the one that you use the most.
4: Okay. So that would be the kiss emoji, Mm -hmm. the thumbs up emoji, the smile emoji.
3: These all make sense for you. uh, The
4: hands praying, which is a thank you. That's how I say thank you. Right. And then the the check thing.
3: Oh, like got it. Like done. Yeah. Yeah. See, mine's heart, the little eyes that are going in circles, and then the one eye peeking through the hands like, oh, oh and then heart eyes and then the kiss. <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah, there are just so many, so many that I just never, ever touch or go anywhere near. <laughs> you have to pay attention, though, because if you
3: have on your um, word assist, like when you type in a word, you can hit the button at the top, and mm-hmm. it'll just automatically fulfill it for you. A lot of times when you type in things, it'll suggest the emoji at the end of the word mm-hmm. assist word suggestion that makes it easy yeah like when i went to saint lucia i had no idea they had a saint lucia flag as one of the emojis but they do
4: yeah every country just type in the country and And
3: it'll pop up Hmm.
4: yeah so if you're ever not sure what what a country's flag looks like
3: you can type it in It's a short quick
4: and easy way to do it Mm -hmm. uh does this sound like a good combo to you or are these just you know one of those situations where it's really good on its own these two things are good on their own but when you put them together not so much a major food brand desperately wants us to start dipping our pizza in guacamole. I really don't think so.
5: Depending on the type of pizza. I love pizza and I
4: love guacamole.
5: Yeah, but why I'm not? i not
4: sure of the two. Well, because I think when I'm eating a pizza, I kind of want a different, like I'm going for a different flavor that's either meaty or savory or tomatoey. Uh, guacamole for me is not one of them, but that might work for some people. Hormel Foods owns the brand Holy Guacamole. They're behind the push. They're trying to steer all the pizza eaters toward their product. They did a poll that found 74% of us would reach for guacamole at a Super Bowl party, and 91% would reach for pizza, but only 17% of us have tried them together. So they they got their marketing people together. They said, you know, how can we, how can we get people talking about this? How can we create buzz? So they held a contest and launched a website called guacafidepizza.com. Guacafide? Uh-huh. Guacafide. Uh, 250 fans in San Francisco and Kansas City will win free pizza and guacamole on Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll see if it I mean, never I graduates see. beyond being a marketing thing.
1: If you have like a pizza that has that really thick kind of crust around the edges that doesn't have a lot of cheese on it or any cheese at all or any sauce and having the crust at the very end and then dipping that in the guac.
3: Oh, yeah. That I
1: could see. What if you
3: had a taco pizza? What if you made a taco-style pizza and then used the guacamole as, like, a vehicle for dipping?
1: That's an option,
3: too.
4: Like, salsa verde will be my base. That'll be my tomato base. or
3: ranch. You could put down, like, some sort of spicy ranch.
4: Well, we may as well just order Mexican at this point.
3: (laughs) I don't know. I don't really see you mess up taco pizza.
4: (laughs) In related news, Jif is giving away jars of peanut butter to keep Super Bowl fans from wasting celery. And they're calling that ploy the Save the Celery campaign. Oh, that's funny. How can we use the Super Bowl to get people to talk about just peanut butter? Okay, we're going to do a Save the Celery campaign.
3: Well, you get all that celery when you order all the chicken wings. You never eat it all. and But it's usually, like, sometimes flimsy and rubbery and Not weird. Not in great condition. yeah. Maybe peanut butter would make it better, Jeff.
4: That's what Jeff wants you to go buy. You can use it and make
3: ants on a log for the kids.
4: Okay, if aliens showed up tomorrow and they were not friendly, who would you want to be the point person in charge of talking it out with them?
3: Jennifer Jordan.
4: Who's bringing the Reese's Pieces?
3: (laughs)
1: Jennifer Jordan.
3: you think
4: Jennifer Jordan? Oh, 100%. I don't
1: know. If they're not friendly, I'd be a little bit nervous. I don't know if I'd be the best. It's like, I mean, if they came peacefully, I would be embracing them, you know, wholeheartedly. I think unless they were
4: really creepy looking and scary looking.
1: No, I'd be fine. I think you would do amazing. I think I'd be fine. Yeah. I think I'd be all right.
4: Well, in a new poll, 43% of people said they would actually be cool with one of our current world leaders representing Earth. They didn't specify who that would be. But, you know, your options would be you have to think about, you know, the biggest world leaders. And right now, uh, besides President Biden, that would be Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, uh, Emmanuel Macron, uh, King Charles. King Charles. Is King Charles Paul? I don't know if you qualify, but you get my point.
1: He's a figurehead. We can't
4: ask Taylor Swift to do it since, you know, she's busy with Travis and the Super Bowl and everything.
1: Well, and
3: touring in Tokyo.
4: Elliot from E.T., that he was just a fictional character. Right. I mean, come on, man. This is reality. Right.
3: Who else has really good alien movies where they were friends with the alien?
5: Sigourney Weaver.
3: Oh.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, in a poll, 42% of Americans said— Frank Said Frank Marzullo? <laughs> yes, forty-two percent of Americans said they believe they would be able to negotiate peace with aliens. Yeah, forty-two percent of That's Americans feel that they're that good. Yeah, at calming a fight. Fu- Where are you? Everywhere else in the world, guys. Right. Thirty-seven percent right. of people say they believe aliens are already here, while forty-one percent uh, of people do not think they are among us yet. The other 22% don't know. Overall, <laughs> 53% of people.
3: That's me. I'm in the don't know. <laughs>
4: Or that don't care, yeah. you know, until they need something from me, until it affects my life directly. Well,
3: that's what I was on. He's
5: like forty-seven percent of people said they could handle it themselves because we don't know what the hell we're going up against. So you why not no throw your idea. name in the bucket? I mean, I got. I, could, I mean, I can talk to I, someone as good as Joe Biden. Can
1: I'm sure I'm the one in the room that has thought about this the most. Yeah, that's why I picked you, and has probably you know read the most and watched the most about the about it. I you know in the end, all I can think is that. They're, if they're here, their technology is so far advanced from what anything we have been able to even imagine that if they wanted to cause us harm, they would have done it. It would have happened by now. You know, I, I just have to believe.
3: I thought you were just going to question them to death. Like, you would just come out with all these questions, okay, so where, and eventually where is they would be like, I'm where, out.
1: Where is, where is your planet? How many of you are there? Yes. How do you reproduce? How many children do you usually have? What do you eat? What do you drink? How do you go to the bathroom?
3: All the questions. They would be like, I'm going back to a race.
1: <laughs> What's it look like on your planet? Do you have rivers and oceans and lakes and mountains? <laughs> What's your take on Pluto? Planet I, or not? Can I, can I drive your spaceship? What, what does this button do?
3: Jeff would be like, do you guys want to eat? What do you guys want to
1: eat? Hey, you ever had you some food? Yeah. You want to hit rubies? You
3: What's know, that? we
4: have an incredible food scene here. Yeah. I have to tell you.
1: So do you carry babies or do you lay eggs? How does it work?
4: I mean, that's kind of the whole, <laughs> sort of the whole premise of Star Trek is that's all about, you know, exploring new lives and new civilizations. Uh-huh. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard, mm-hmm.
1: the Starship
4: Enterprise. We come in peace. Maybe it should be
3: Jeff. (laughs) I know. I forgot about your vast knowledge. Yeah,
4: uh, just you know, borrow uh, a script from from one of the Star Trek (laughs) episodes. We mean you know (laughs) how. We are explorers. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
4: You know, approach it that way, maybe. Yep. Overall, 53% of people think that aliens do exist somewhere out there, no matter how far away, while 34%. I uh, don't believe in extraterrestrial life. So, you may not like this, but we're going to have to have a difficult conversation about emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> because there may be some aspects of this that you recognize in yourself.
5: Mm. So, I need to get notes here.
4: Okay. So, it's
5: going to talk about your EQ.
4: Your EQ, emotional intelligence, is defined as the the ability to perceive and evaluate feelings accurately in ourselves and others. But how do you know if you need to work on those skills? Well, I have Jennifer Jordan sitting across from me, telling me every day what <laughs> I need to work on. <laughs>
2: Let me but give if you a list.
4: You don't have that luxury.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, then you uh, then you might need to do some research on your own, and we're going to help you with that. If you use any of the following phrases, it might be a sign that you have. A low emotional IQ. Uh (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh-oh. Here we go. Hit the bell, yeah.
4: (laughs) Are you someone who says or has said many times in the past, I'm not changing. This is who I am.
1: Oh, no. But I hear plenty of people do that.
4: I am not going to change. This is who I am. Yeah. People who have low emotional intelligence are stuck in their ways and refuse to evolve. Instead, try, you know, I try to be open to feedback even when it's hard to hear. There you go. Number two, I don't care how you feel. Ooh. If you disregard other people's feelings, you most likely have low emotional intelligence. <laughs> try this instead. I'm so sorry you're upset. How can I help? What do you need? How can I help you? Uh number 3. Well, it's your fault I feel this way.
3: <laughs> Are we all going back to that you make me we feel, feel. <laughs> you make me
4: feel I mean, you're the reason I am this way.
3: Mm. Yeah. Don't you f- I feel like I am reliving an old relationship right now.
4: Yeah, if you have strong emotional intelligence, then then you don't blame others for your feelings. Mhm. Uh, try this instead you know i'm feeling emotional right now and here's why much better number four you're just wrong <laughs> you're just, you're just wrong. wrong emotionally intelligent people focus more on understanding each other's experience and recognizing nuance try you know i really want to hear your perspective even when i don't see things the way you do <laughs> Can you help me understand why you're feeling this way?
1: hmm Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a hard, that's the hardest one.
3: That's the Best hardest one out of all, all four. <laughs> I'm the I know, because some
1: people are just wrong, and you don't want to hear it. Because you know what they're going to say. You've heard it a thousand times, and guess what?
4: They're still
5: wrong.
1: They're just
3: wrong. Uh, we yes. have
4: gone round and round on this
3: so <laughs> yes. many times. Let's agree to disagree I just, and move I can't,
4: on. I gotta, I gotta let you go. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you live in this
1: place <laughs> that you're in. And... In this space of wrongness. You just do it. Yeah. Do it your way That's and enjoy. Right. <laughs>
4: yep. I can't save you. Why am I trying? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be emotionally intelligent and disengaged.
4: Yes, I'm going <laughs> to
0: step away. It's That's a little helpful. before 8. Of- this is the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102.
2: good how
4: are you pretty good pretty good have you ever after a relationship ended have you ever gone back to an ex and said (laughs) i apologize i am sorry for all that i did yes
2: I have been with the same person since I was 15. Wow. So I've never had to do that. You've
4: never had to apologize or you've <laughs> never had to go back to the next? Oh, no, that's There's great. I've wow. i never had
2: to go back to the next, but I don't apologize at often either, to be honest.
1: So how long then have the two of you been together?
7: Um, it'll be 15 years this year. Oh wow. My God. wow.
1: Congratulations. Yeah. And you, you still like him. Thanks. You still like him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's great. Good. <laughs> That's good. good. That's awesome.
4: Well, you picked the right one at age fifteen.
1: <laughs> yes. Aww. I know that is sweet. I do love it. I, I am. I do love it when I see really old couples and they were high school sweethearts. Yeah. Like my parents started I dating know. when they were. My dad was seventeen and my mom was eighteen when they started dating in college. That's sweet. It's pretty stinking cute. Yeah, I love that. Know? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, have you ever played this game before? I have not. Oh, well, then we probably. I play should it in the, the car all the
2: time, but I've seen how that goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Thirty well, seconds. Ten questions that begin with the letter of the day. If you can answer them, then you're going to win the thousand dollars. Just do not repeat any of your answers and pass quickly. That's all we got for you. Got
4: it. All right. So today, Sam, you have the letter M.
1: As in, M in a while.
4: matrimony.
1: Yeah, That's I don't remember the last great time letter M. It is a good letter. Yep. All right.
4: So we've got thirty seconds on the clock, and I won't start the timer until Jen finishes asking the first question.
1: There we go. All right, here we go with the letter M. Name something you put ketchup on. Pass. An art supply. Marker. Something you cut. Map. Something you brush. Pass. A candy. m and A vacation spot. Pass. A party theme. Pass. A sports team. Mavericks. A singer. Mariah Carey. A body part. <laughs>
4: A Noobs. Good answers. Mouth, Vacation spot. I went to Maldives.
1: Montego
3: Bay. Maui. Maui. Yeah.
4: Maui sure.
3: Yeah. Uh, Party theme. I was it's
1: thinking. It's a lot easier uh, when you're not on the spot. Just
4: really it is. Monkey.
1: Monkey. Monkey. Something you put ketchup on meat.
4: Mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh,
1: mayonnaise yeah. meat. You yeah. put mayonnaise I, and ketchup I together. Ketchup I will. Mayonnaise,
4: yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, mayonnaise I and ketchup on a uh, on a burger. Whopper with cheese. Sure. Yes. Oh.
1: Good stuff.
3: Something you brush your mane. Mm. Yeah, Tim was saying Maine.
4: I came up with mange. Mange, (laughs) Matt.
3: You also could have picked an animal. Like you could have said monkey or Mm -hmm. moose. My mutt. Mutt. A mutt. Party theme: monkey. Michigan. Mm. Michigan. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: There's got to be Mickey Mouse. Yeah, there
1: you go. There you go.
4: All right. Well, hopefully this is the first of many. It's great talking to you, Sam.
2: Yeah, you too. Have a good day. Take it easy. Have a good
1: one. Bye. Thank
2: you. Enjoy
4: your marital bliss.
1: Bye.
4: Never having an ex. She's never Never had an ex. ex.
1: Isn't that something? I can imagine. How many exes do you have, Jeff?
4: I lost count.
1: (laughs) How much time do you have?
4: I lost count.
1: (laughs) I've done a lot
4: of apologizing (laughs) over the years. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> How long do you have to date somebody for them to officially become an ex as opposed to just somebody you dated? Like, do you need to be with them for four months, five months, six months, longer than that? You know what I mean? I mean, you can't really date somebody for a month and say, well, my ex. They're my ex. You, yeah, you can. I don't think you had enough experiences as a couple to call them an ex. Oh, I think That's you That's just can. somebody you dated. I think they're, I, think I think there's a difference.
4: Well, if I was with someone for three months and it was understood that we were... In a monogamous relationship, that this was exclusive, Mm -hmm. and we did everything together, including that. Yeah. Even though it was only three months, does that does she not qualify as an ex? I I probably.
1: That's what I'm asking. Even if we were only in our teens. I mean, is Mary an ex?
4: No. (laughs) Because it was never a real. It was not an exclusive relationship. That
1: conversation
4: never happened. But you would say
3: one of my hookups. Like would you use that as would a Would you say Mary was a girl you dated? No. She hooked up he hooked up with her. No,
4: she was she was just a yeah, well, she was a friend. She was a Friends. friend of mine, right? <laughs> she was a really good. I mean this sincerely, uh-huh. she was a really good friend.
3: Mhm. That you would sleep with. Yes. Yeah.
4: This is a million years ago. We all have a past people.
1: <laughs> how many she was hot. How many exes really do you hot. have, Jen? Um, how many would I count?
3: Like high school boyfriend, college boyfriend. Sue, Tim, Hubie,
1: Jason. Mm, six? Yeah. I don't have very many Probably either. six. I don't, seven, six or seven. I
5: would say I just dated like you dis- described. Yeah. Just figure, figuring things out. Yeah. Think that really, I think that is a thing.
3: Did you ever define, you had trouble defining the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the commitment part of it.
1: How long were you with somebody? Before, Chris, what was the longest you'd ever been with somebody? Three months. Three months. So was that an ex? Teetering. Teeter. I don't
3: know. I yeah. think yes. I think it's an ex. If you went out on two dates, that's not an ex. But if you dated someone for a month. You considered yourself a couple, an official couple. Or just even dated around. Exclusive. Like, yeah, that's one of my exes. We used to go out all the time. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Tim, you had a rough start with things, didn't sure you? sure did. <laughs> it's a rough go landed, for you for a while. Landed great, though. It, yeah. Landed great. Yep. Nice soft made, landing. Made me who I am today. today. There you
4: are. <laughs> made you who you are today. Huh? <laughs> so the U.S. has issued a travel warning to the Bahamas and Jamaica after a huge spike in murders and other violent crimes in those countries. Lord. Uh, the U.S. State Department elevated the security alert for the Bahamas on Friday. Uh, they actually had they, the State Department has a website. Actually, you can go on this website anytime. You can type in your country; it'll tell you what the current travel advisory is for mm-hmm. that country. And usually, they're all low-level advisories. Even you know, in the best of countries, it'll say you know they just walk something. for pickpockets and things yeah. like that. Be vigilant, blah blah blah.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, but this after. The U.S. Embassy in the Bahamas advised U.S. citizens to be aware that eighteen murders have occurred in Nassau alone Whoa. since the beginning of the year. So we're only wow, we're only a month weeks in. in, four weeks, eighteen
3: wow. murders. That's a lot. Yeah,
4: in just the city of Nassau. Wow,
3: what's going
1: on there?
4: The alert warns that murders have occurred at all hours, including in broad daylight on the streets. Oh
1: my God!
4: Uh, retaliatory gang violence has been the primary motive. In the 2024 murders, Wow. Uh, violent crimes such as burglaries, armed robberies, and sexual assaults occur occur in both tourist and non-tourist areas. The travel advisory warns,
1: "Not good."
4: Uh, the department notes most of the crime occurs on Nassau and Freeport Islands. Of course, That's there where are the a lot cruise of cruise ships
3: things. come as Freeport. That's one of the big ports for all the ships.
4: They're especially warning people to be vigilant. I'm sorry, vigilant when it comes to staying at short-term vacation rental properties where private security companies don't have a presence.
3: Oh, like Verbo's and stuff like that, Mm. yeah. Uh,
4: The State Department also warned Americans not to swim alone in the Bahamas where there have been recent shark attacks.
3: Yeah, I did see that. Well, we we went to Atlantis uh, last year, the Bahamas, for Scott's mom's birthday. And so I still get, like, a lot of the information coming up in Mm -hmm. my feed. And there was a bad shark attack right off the coast of the Atlantis where the, the, like, where we were swimming in May of last year.
1: Yeah, no, thank you.
3: Yeah.
4: The level two, this is a level two travel advisory for the Bahamas urging people to exercise extreme caution. So they're not saying don't go there. They're not saying don't go to the Bahamas. They're saying exercise extreme caution. However, the travel advisory for Jamaica is even higher. That's a level three, which encourages people to reconsider traveling there altogether.
5: Mm. Do they have specifics about the cities there? Because I know sometimes traveling to Kingston is very different from traveling to Montego Bay. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yes, Rio. I'm sure it depends yes. on where you go. But here's the quote from the State Department advisory. Violent crimes such as home invasions, armed robberies, sexual assaults and homicides are common. Sexual assaults occur frequently, including at all inclusive resorts. Mm. According to the advisory, local police often don't respond effectively to serious criminal incidents. The homicide report reported by the government of Jamaica has for several years been among the highest in the Western Hemisphere. The travel warning tells U.S. citizens to avoid walking or driving at night in Jamaica.
3: My word. That's scary. Those are some yeah. of the best vacation spots. I know.
4: Well, they got to get their act together.
1: Yeah, for
3: sure. do they
4: got going on, I guess.
1: I guess I'll just stay home.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure your friendly neighborhood travel agent who you use and trust could probably give you the lowdown on areas... I'm sure it's like any other place. Some areas are better than others. But when it reaches the point where they feel the need to escalate the travel advisory from a two, which is eh, pay attention. Yeah. Get a little dicey in some spots. Use common sense to, we actually recommend you don't go. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I wonder how that works, though, because that has a
4: huge impact on their tourist tourism industry, Mm -hmm. which is a top thing at both of those locations.
3: But a lot of people plan way in advance because you can pay as you go, essentially, like you put the deposit down and then you can pay so much. So I wonder how that works for people that maybe last year planned a trip to Jamaica this year. Hope you bought the insurance. And now they're saying, hey, we don't think you should go.
4: Yeah, and would the insurance even cover you if you right. voluntarily just decide, you know, I don't feel safe going there?
3: Mm-hmm. I wonder can if I that's like a, a stipulation in there. Like, if you get to a
1: Travel 3 advisory, you can get your money back. I mean, have you ever traveled anywhere that's kind of dangerous, Jeff? I mean, you've been everywhere, or a lot of places, anyway. I
4: anywhere mean, that was considered dangerous? I don't think so. No. You went to not
3: Singapore, that- didn't you? I mean, not that that's dangerous, but they got a lot of rules you got to follow, Right.
4: Oh, yeah, you can't even chew gum and yeah. see it's, it's very just. It's kind of a dystopian sort of atmosphere when you're there. It's like pristine, super clean. There's zero crime, and for good reason. Mm. They don't tolerate it. Yeah. They don't tolerate anything. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't consider myself in any real danger. I didn't feel really stressed out about it.
3: How much did you have to read up on the rules? behavior? Like, is there, there a
4: behavior
1: that you practice here at home that you would get in trouble for there?
4: I, I don't believe so. No. no. Just, just just follow the rules. Yeah. If the sign tells you no gum chewing, swallow it.
1: <laughs>
4: Not that I chew gum. And
1: they'll sit in your stomach for seven years, Jeff. Right. Follow that gum. Yeah,
4: don't litter. Just be respectful. You're in mm-hmm. someone else's country. Mm-hmm. That's easy. It's Common sense. Don't be an a-hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, people thought we were a little nuts for traveling to Asia at the start of the pandemic anyway. I mean, before things really started to shut down around here. Yeah, I mean, this was like a huge thing in China, and it was starting to pop up and spread to other countries. And and they were about – they almost shut the borders down in South Korea. They hadn't yet. We got out of there in time, but they started reporting that they were seeing the first cases in South Korea when we got there.
1: You were wearing masks the whole time. Everybody
4: was wearing masks, yeah. And social distancing was just kind of the norm there for a while. You kind of have a double memory of that trip.
1: Oh, yeah. You have
5: the vacation memories, and then you have the COVID, the COVID part memories. of it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good in the sense that when we were in Thailand, we stayed on this island, Koh Yao Noi at this incredible, like, breathtaking, once-in-a-lifetime, oh, my God, I feel like I'm in an exotic James Bond movie atmosphere looking at this amazing, what I felt like was the most beautiful place on Earth. And we had the place, it felt like we had the whole resort to ourselves Mm. because most of the tourists were from China. Or other Asian countries, and they closed the border, they shut the borders down in China so no one could make it out, no one could come to the resort. And because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of people weren't traveling anyways. So, you know, we were one of just a handful of people. I mean, we'd see people at dinner, but it was so quiet and we'd walk, we'd wander around and wouldn't see people. Yeah. It was glorious.
3: <laughs> it never that felt weird.
4: <laughs> no, I mean, it felt like we were in a dream kind of.
3: I was going to say to yeah. me, I would have been like end of days. This is what end of days feels
4: like. No, Nobody's I mean, there around. was staff <laughs> when you needed them. Like if you hollered at someone, they, they were there for you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And if you wanted to see people, you just go to the dining area. But yeah, like even in the middle of the day, you know, when you think the, the pool would be really crowded, but we'd be one of like four or five people. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, granted, it was kind of a bu- boutique resort anyway, so it wouldn't be like one of those really overcrowded ones,
1: mm-hmm. but still. Yeah. It was wild. Huh.
4: And I, you know, I felt bad for them cuz they were just dying, you know. They're like, "God, we just Mhm. This is killing us." Yeah. Huh. But in a sense that, yeah, like everybody was just wearing masks everywhere and there was all this crazy social distancing. It was like, I I wonder, you know, in the back of our minds, we were thinking, are we going to be able to get out of here before they close the borders?
1: Yeah, wouldn't that have been something if you'd have been trapped there for months?
4: Because they were talking about, and and this was our last leg when we were in Singapore, uh, Trump was about to, it sounded like he was going to shut the borders to the U.S. So we didn't know if that meant like we'd be able to get back in and especially if you're traveling from China. But since we weren't coming from China, we're pretty sure we'd be okay. And then when we landed uh, in Atlanta and we went through customs in Atlanta after we came back to the U.S., the first question they asked is, uh, were you in China at Mm -hmm. all, even for a minute?
1: Yeah.
4: No.
8: Nope. Man. All
4: right, you're fine. And then we shut – it wasn't that long after. It was less than a month. We shut everything down here. So that escalated quickly. By the way, uh, Taylor Swift will be coming from Asia after performing the last of five straight shows in Tokyo. And just in terms of the timing, with that and the Super Bowl, it looks like she'll be able to make it to the Super Bowl in time. Tokyo is 17 hours ahead of Las Vegas, so when the concert ends... It'll probably be around 5 or 6 a.m. Saturday Vegas time. So you figure, you know, a private plane takes about 11 or 12 hours to fly from Tokyo to Las Vegas. So there shouldn't be any issue with her getting there in time. She she might be kind of tired, though.
1: I always, it fascinates me with English-speaking artists who are so huge in non-English-speaking countries I, you know, do they even know what the songs, (laughs) I mean, when they first hear them, do they have to have translation? How does that work exactly? Because we don't, we don't have a bunch of artists here that speak and are singing in another language that are huge. Can you think of any?
4: No, I can't think of anything
1: currently. That would sell out five nights. No. In a large... Arena. What about um um, BTS? Yeah, they totally
3: would.
4: That's close. But But they they
3: they sing in English. Some of the stuff, not all of it.
4: Yeah, but uh, you're telling me that there are BTS popular BTS charting BTS songs we played on Q102 that are not in English.
3: No, parts of them. I mean, they have like. Yeah, that's her point. yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking that would be the that's the closest. that would be the most comparable thing to what she's talking yeah. about. Yeah.
4: I mean, even ABBA was a Swedish pop group
3: singing in English,
4: <laughs> singing in English. <laughs> right. And when you go to Europe, you flip around the dial and you rent a car and you
1: uh-huh. go
4: from station to station. You know, it's about 50 50 English speaking pop songs.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't they have enough artists over there of their own?
4: Yeah, I mean, you would think, I guess. Yeah, but not. you
1: think about how many like American bands tour the world, and they're going to all of these different countries that aren't even. How do they communicate with the audience? You know, I, I mean, they just do their thing. How you but, doing, Tokyo?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, they probably just do like certain yeah. words and phrases. Like, okay, we're going to be in Paris tonight. Let's I don't speak French. French. Yeah, Bonsoir, Paris. Yeah.
3: I wonder if they ever bring out an interpreter and say here's what I want you to say and then I mean, that are they doing interviews are they doing press says, over there blah, 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 what blah, blah, is blah. what does
1: that look like
3: Well yeah because what's that radio that BBC um, isn't it a BBC radio that gets like every major star so they yeah. got to be doing some kind of press I mean in Europe or you think they're doing it in Tokyo?
1: I uh, know. Next time we have Drew Lachey in, let's ask him because ninety-eight degrees toured.
3: Oh, that's right. They they went to yeah.
1: Didn't didn't he say once that they were huge in Japan?
4: I think so. Like a million years ago, one of the biggest live albums of all time was Cheap Tricks Live at Budokan I album. I
1: Love that album.
4: I don't <laughs> I don't hear any Japanese on that album. No. I want you to want me. Right. <laughs> and they lost their freaking minds.
1: Right. Just find that
4: fascinating with, i mean it's really hard as an american not to just consider yourself the center of the universe because so right? many people around the world speak at least a little bit of english
3: right with taylor swift though her eras tour movie has been streaming so i bet every person there knows every single mm-hmm. word to what she's gonna be doing mm-hmm. unless she mer- changes it up somehow
4: yeah but but you got to be open to it right like, would we ever give a foreign artist who didn't speak our language a chance? No. And that's the that's the difference between I feel like Americans and mm-hmm. everybody else.
5: Yeah. Uh, I'm Fran- just, France has this huge rap scene. Like there's a ton of really, really famous French rappers. We don't
4: we don't play that. We don't know no, anything
5: don't about it, you
1: know? Well, we had Lil and La Vida Loca. <laughs> Macarena wasn't a lot of that in Spanish. What about uh, Gangnam Style? Gangnam Style. Didn't uh, Glacius? Didn't he? Uh, Enrique Glacius have Bailamos.
3: What about? um, (laughs) We counted five in thirty years. No, and they're all from the mid (laughs) nineties. No, no, no. What was the one with Justin Bieber? Uh,
1: Despacito. Despacito. There we go.
4: Oh yeah. Despacito, and we would get complaints from people. You know, I
1: listen to Q102 because I speak
3: English. Yeah. (laughs) Shame (laughs) on you. I remember, too, Justin Bieber saying that he could never perform (laughs) that that song live because he couldn't say the words outside of the recording.
1: Yeah. I'm sure he had it all printed out in front of him, and he was reading it.
4: Uh, Yeah. When Jessica Simpson, like, at the beginning of her career, when she came out with, I I guess it would have been that first or second album,
1: and she was so cute and she sat on your lap.
4: Was it the second album?
5: She had two albums.
4: <laughs> she she, <laughs> she had, a, had a few albums. She had
1: the greatest hits.
4: <laughs> but she came, she visited the radio station one day, and this was you know, late in the afternoon. I was doing an afternoon show at the time. And I just you know, I was trying to make small talk and I'm like, Well, how are you doing today? She goes, I'm exhausted. I said, Why are you exhausted? She said, I've been in the recording studio all day. I'm like, Oh, that'll do it. She goes, Well, no. Uh, like I've been having to sing everything in Spanish today. I'm like, oh, you speak Spanish? No. <laughs> so they had. She's explaining to me that they had to rewrite all of her lyrics with phonetic uh, Spanish syllables, basically. So like she, was she had doing to, a
1: Spanish album. She
4: was doing a yeah. Spanish version of her album.
1: Okay. Doesn't
4: speak a lick of Spanish. Oh wow! And so she said they basically had to translate her lyrics. They couldn't just write it in Spanish. They had to write it phonetically so that she would pronounce no, it correctly. Yeah. Which is smart. Would I would need that, too, probably. Mm. So I bet it was
1: really hard for her.
4: That's why she I was
1: exhausted that day. tired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I need to sit down. This is the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102.
4: Friends Club inductee. This is Jill Settlemeyer from Oregonia, everybody. Hello, Hello. Jill. Hi, Jill. Hello.
2: Hello. I'm so excited.
4: And where is Oregonia? <laughs>
2: <laughs> North of Lebanon,
4: south of Wilmington. Oh, oh wow. Okay. okay. You're out there. Fair enough.
3: Oh, yeah. I bet Tim and I have drove through there before. We went to um, Mother Cluckers in, on the way to Wilmington. Oh, I, way, I yeah. wonder if
4: they're still open.
3: Oh what we'll the look at
4: it it doesn't up. sound familiar.
3: doesn't
4: sound familiar. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Jill has a bucket list of things that she would like to accomplish. She's only got 36 items left. Uh, one of the items was to toss a football with the Bengal. <gasps> and last summer, Fine. she just happened to be in Hilton Head. And guess who she ran into?
1: Kenny.
4: That's right. Kenny oh, Anderson. Kenny Anderson happened to be at the same restaurant. And uh, what did you say to him when you saw <laughs> Ken Anderson? <laughs>
2: Guy, he's incredible. So I just said, hey, you know, it's on my bucket list to toss a football. With, you know, with a football. And I used to work for Anthony Munoz way back in the day with Pizza Tower when he was part of owner of Pizza Tower. So I well, if I ever run into him. I can do that. But what better than a quarterback? So I just said, hey, uh, could we uh, maybe toss a football? But we're at a restaurant. There's no football. He sent his son-in-law out to the car to see if they had a football. They didn't. So we um, we fashioned a napkin.
4: Into a football. That's so funny. And That's awesome.
2: <laughs> hey, whatever works,
4: That's right? So cool. So here's what I love about the Best Friends Club is it brings people together. Because Jill told a story about how on October 5th, our Best Friends Club inductee was a woman by the name of Denise Stacy, and yep. that name sounded familiar to you. Why?
2: So I used to work for the American Cancer Society, and Denise was one of the volunteers really heavy into the Real Life Life event, and the name just, just stuck with me. So I actually reached out to her on Facebook and said, hey, I just heard you on the Best Friends Club, and she's just such a great person. So it, it was really great to reconnect with her. It had been probably 15 years since we connected.
4: See, the Best Friends Club is bringing people that. together. That's, awesome. that. That's Super cool. Love yeah. it. Well, we're happy to have you.
2: Well, I love it, and I'm excited. I, I actually have a tour with Rich,
3: That I bought at the Back Foundation auction, so I need to set that up with her and uh, come out and get my jersey. Uh, Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, that's one of the golf outings I do. Um, We donated a like sit-in with Jeff and Jen for that, and I always wonder who wins those things because sometimes people just win them and then don't contact us. So you got to definitely. Take advantage that. of
4: that. Well, thank you for being a fan and thank you for supporting us and for being a member of our Best Friends yeah, Club. Happy to have, to have you. you. Thanks
2: for all you guys do for the community. You're awesome.
4: You bet.
0: Appreciate have a great you, Jill. Day, Jill. Thank you. you, too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.